0: I wanted to read in Ephesians 1, and I do want to just recognize my dear friend Jonathan Skiles, and I'm grateful that he's here, and he's going to be preaching at 1030 and singing, and just just great, great man of God, great friend, ministers in California, has a church there, and we're just grateful that he's passing through this morning, and he stopped with us, you know, and um, so thank you, and I look forward to God using you in our services today. In Ephesians chapter 1, I wanted to begin in chapter 1, and I wanted to look at verse 15. And I'm going to go through this rather quickly because we're looking at the church, the, the new man that is in the earth. And the Bible says in verse 15, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love to all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And I want to pause there for just a moment. And I want you to just consider something. This is a prayer that Paul is praying for Christians. And just because you're born again does not mean that you automatically have everything God wants you to have or know everything that God wants you to know. Most of the church world today is intellectually educated, not necessarily walking in the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul prays that believers, and this should be your prayer right now, Even as we're reading this, there should be an inspiration in you of the Holy Spirit to even begin to ask the Lord that he would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And not just gathering facts or understanding ministry or, you know, how we could serve or work in a church. And the Holy Spirit gives us this. He's not educating your brain, but he is giving revelation to your spirit. And he says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. You should pray that right now. You should begin to ask the Lord for that right now. That you might know the hope of his calling. You don't just know the hope of his calling. You don't just understand what this is all about. God has to give you that knowledge. God has to give you that revelation. And if you're a Christian, I know that you would want it. And praise God, it's not through intellectualism that we know this. Because then that would rule out most of us. And it's not the ability to study or get doctorate degrees in Greek and Hebrew. Because that would rule out most of us. But thank God the revelation of Jesus Christ and the knowledge of God's purposes is on the basis of grace. By people who will allow the Holy Spirit to show them things they could not know otherwise. And you can know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And God is going to do this by his great power. It was demonstrated through raising Jesus from the dead. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul begins this book with a desire that Christians would know the hope of God's calling. What is that hope? I want to touch on that a little bit today. In the fact that the church is a gifted man in the earth. What is the knowledge that you have of Jesus Christ? You can't know anything about Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that gives us the revelation of Jesus and the things that belong to Jesus. Or Jesus will be disputed in your own mind as to the kind of God that he really is. And don't forget Romans 1 says that it is possible for us to change the image of the uncorruptible God into an image like man. And so if if our revelation of Jesus Christ does not come from the Holy Spirit, I promise you that revelation of Jesus is not big enough. He's the one that has to teach you these things and show you these things. I have people say to me often, you know, where is the power of God in our world today? Where are the miracles of God? We, I want to see miracles. How many of you want to see miracles? How many of you want to see the power of God? How many of you want to see God heal the sick? How many of you want to see God heal James, for example? How many of you want to see that, you know? And 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 probably every one of you in here believe that God can do those kinds of things. So the question is, why aren't we seeing this? And I hope to answer that today in what we're going to look at look at in Ephesians through through really chapter three. And chapter two of Ephesians, it tells us as been our text for weeks now, that Jesus has abolished in his flesh the enmity. This is the law. He's abolished it because he fulfilled it and he took it out of the way. This is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. He did this. He abolished the law so he could take of two and make them one new man. That's the take of the Jews and the Gentiles and put them together in what we call the church. That's what the church is. And Paul says in this chapter, this verse, that the church is a new man. And at the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a new man appeared on the earth that had never been here before. This is new DNA. This is a new creature. This is the alien everybody's looking for. It is the church of Jesus Christ, not an institution, but an organism of life. And the power and the essence of that life is the Holy Spirit. And that church is to be absolutely different from everything else that is on the earth. But there's a condition to that, and I would say that this condition is not always met by believers because believers don't do chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, if you will. We don't do that. We, we just take for granted things. We don't have a hunger and a desperation to, to really say, I need the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to me. I need to know the hope of his calling. I, I want to have the power of God on my life. And we don't really take that seriously. But this is the new man. And he says in verse 22 that this new man is like a temple. And the purpose of this temple is that it would be the habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. And that's what this is all about. The songs are not for you. The songs are for God. They're for his pleasure and his delight. Our pleasure and our delight is the presence of God. And the power of God. The power of God's Holy Spirit. And we want, to, we want to help promote God's spirit to be able to move. So we want to be careful how we speak about each other. What we say about each other. Being critical and being judgmental like we talked about last week from James chapter 3. How our words can kill. And our tongues can be set on fire of hell. And that's why God gives us the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. And a spiritual Pentecostal gift called the speaking in tongues. Because that's a tongue set on fire of heaven. And gives life and gives power. And yet that, t- that tongue is freq- infrequently used in the body of Christ. And, and, and so we're wondering where the power of God is. And where are the miracles of God and the demonstration of God in our world today. And I, I praise God that there are many of us that are actually seeing God's power. So what is this cause of God? What is the hope of His calling? Why has He called the church? Why has He created the church? Why has He made one new man? Why does He even want to inhabit this man called the church? This living organism. And He says in chapter 3, verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places... Might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, this is God's forever desire. If you could go back into eternity past and sit down with God Almighty and say, What's in your heart? God would say, The church. And my son is going to come to earth and he's going to die a gruesome and sacrificial death. So that out of his death, I can bring forth what I have always wanted. And that is the church. His bride. His body. Something that he's in relationship with. And if you're a Christian, that should matter to you. Your love and your affection for God the Father should be so great that if God the Father is telling you, This is what I've always wanted, then you don't have to go around now wondering, I wonder what my call is in life. I wonder what God wants me to do with my life. I wonder how to serve His purpose, and His purpose is the church. Because listen, He tells us this in verse 10. If the wisdom of God is going to be demonstrated or manifest, it cannot happen without the church. Now, it's not just church because we have the name church or because we call ourselves a Christian and we say we are the church, but it is the church in fellowship. And that's what verse 9 says. It's the church in fellowship. It's the church functioning like that new man. Not a new man that's broken down. Not a new man that's divided. Not a new man that's debating itself or in strife with itself or gossiping about itself. But a new man that is functioning in the grace of God and in the power of the Holy Spirit. For what purpose to deal with principalities and powers? Chapter 6 of Ephesians. He tells us this and. As he's summing it up in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what this new man that is called the church does. That's what it fights. This new man, the church of Jesus Christ, does not get into these little skirmishes and battles that we call politics or deal with politicians or maybe try to change particular rules in our community. Because we know it's the spirit behind them that is going to govern the culture. And men and institutions and organizations of men can tinker with politics. But it is the church of Jesus Christ that is to rule over hell in its generation. And when the church walks in the power of the Holy Spirit, it has that capacity. But when it doesn't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't understand the hope of his calling then we miss that because we begin to interpret, well, maybe my calling is India or maybe my calling is Pakistan or maybe my calling is the prisoner. No, no, your calling is to be able to function within the body of Christ so that God can have in your generation everything he wants to have in the church. I'm going to make the church as good as I can make it, as best as I possibly can, by not grieving the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to seek to not quench him. I'm going to do everything I can to not grieve the Holy Spirit so he can move through me. I can't tell you what you're going to do. But because I love the Father, then I can live in such a way that I don't hinder the Holy Spirit. So I want to help the Holy Spirit move in you. I want to help you thrive in your gifts and in your callings. Because that's going to make Jesus glorious in the earth. So church is not something we attend at 9 in the morning on Sundays. And and maybe go to a Bible study or a prayer meeting through the week and say, we've done church. But church is this new man. And I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 3. And I want to deal with the issue, why don't we see the miracles of God? Where is the power of God in our world today? Where's the manifestation of his glory? Why does it seem that the powers of darkness and demonic forces are gaining ground in our world today when we have more Christian books and Christian churches and Christian programs than we've ever had in the history of the church? Why is the church more weak today than it's ever been, if you will? And I want to answer that. And I pray that you and I could be humble enough To just receive the word of God. Because that's all I'm going to give you. Is just the word of God. And so if the purpose of God for the church. If the hope of his calling. If God's hope. Of his calling is. I want to have a church. I want this church. To be a living man. That walks through the earth. And I picture this man. So big. Like when he stands up. He stands up with his head. Way up in the clouds his shoulders are as broad as Texas and he's just so mighty walking through the earth that's what I picture when I think of the church this giant of a man that nobody can tame and no government can stop and does not fear hell that's what I picture but for that man to be that big it takes all of us for the body is many but it's one I want to give God that I want to be that unto God. And this purpose is to defy principalities and powers of hell. And so he says this again. He prays again for the church. Because this is not automatic. I, I, I pray that you will say that to yourself. I pray that you will admit that to yourself. That because you're born again, you don't know everything. Because you're born again, you don't experience everything. The possibility is there. But simply because the possibility is there, it doesn't mean that you actually have, but you can. And it's all on the basis of grace nothing you earn, but something you believe for. It's all the work of His Spirit. And so He tells us this in verse 14. Chapter 3, for this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you. He's praying for the church. He's praying for the many that make up the one. That he would grant you. Now, when I read that, my spirit already begins to pray. Lord, grant this to me. I'm praying while I'm reading this and preaching this. I'm praying this for myself. You should be praying in the Holy Ghost for this in your life. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. There's no end to his riches. To be strengthened with might by his spirit. In the inner man. I have an inner man. I am a new creature. There is some, somebody else. There is a new nature inside of me. And the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in education. And being able to learn and read. And intellectually appreciate the Bible. Those things are great. And I appreciate those things. And I love those things. But they're never to circumvent the importance and the necessity that I have a new man. I'm a new creature. I have a new life inside of me that has the spiritual capacity for intimacy with God. But that man has to be made strong. And if I don't allow that man to be made strong, he can remain weak. So look at this again. He says this in verse 16. That you would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. It's the spirit of God that does that. This is the grace of God at work in a believer's life. But you've got to want that. You've got to receive that from the Lord. And the Holy Spirit goes to work strengthening your inner man. If you resist or hinder or grieve the Holy Spirit in your life. Then your inner man can remain weak. If you just function in your carnal abilities, your carnal understanding, I think it's First Corinthians chapter 2, the, the natural mind doesn't receive the things of the Lord. They're spiritually discerned, and to the natural mind, they're foolishness. And Paul goes on in chapter 3 and says to the church, and you're, you're carnal, you're natural, you're functioning that way, and we need to be spiritual. And so he tells us this, that if it can be strengthened, it can also remain weak. Now, stay with me because I want to deal with where's the power of God in the earth if the church is to be so great and mighty and glorious. Now, why is it that Paul is praying for the church to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man? What's the point of that? And the point of that is verse 17. So Jesus can dwell in your heart by faith. This is not a scripture for the lost. This is a scripture for the born again. And the desire of Paul is. That if you will allow the Holy Spirit to make your inner man strong. You will perceive spiritually and become far more aware spiritually. Of the presence of Jesus Christ literally living inside of you. His passions. His pushing. His presence moving you directing your life, causing you to forgive people that today you can't forgive, getting over bitterness that maybe you don't want to get over. But the spirit and the power of Christ in you begins to rule and dictate because your inner man has become so strong by the Holy Spirit. And so he tells us that Jesus dwells in your hearts by faith. Now, what is the beauty of Jesus dwelling in your heart by faith? What's the point of that? Because it gives you the capacity, and I I use this word capacity, it gives you the capacity to experience what your mind cannot comprehend. That's what he says. You can read the next verse. That you will be able to know, experience with all of the saints, the immeasurable love of God. And it is the love of God, the perfect love of God, that cast out all fear. And so the desire of Paul is this. I'm praying for you, church. I'm praying for you because I know the hope of his calling. I'm praying for you because I've been given the revelation. And the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding have been enlightened and I know what God wants. And Paul says that in chapter 3. God gave me the revelation of this mystery. And Paul's saying I know what he wants and I know the hope of his calling and this new man that is in the earth is supposed to humble and embarrass the powers of hell so that Jesus Christ is exalted and glorified. And what I want for you is to be so strong in the inner man so that Jesus is in you and you know That is in you, and the love of God is overwhelming you. You are so moved by God. You have so much confidence. You have so much peace. You have so much power because of the love of God that you are experiencing in your life. You don't have time to hate. You don't have time to gossip. You don't have time to slander because the love of God is so much in you. You don't go around anymore saying, well, I don't think God loves me. or I can't serve God or I can't do this. How can you say that when the love of God is overwhelming you? How can you disqualify yourself when the love of God is qualifying you? How can teenagers go and cut themselves because of the the pressure and the despair that's inside of them when the love of God would be overwhelming them? But that's not automatic. And some of you in here, you may not even know that love of God. You believe in it, but you don't experience it. You don't experience the indwelling Christ. And the power and the push of his life inside of you. But this is the change, this is the power, this is the glory. And so he goes on and he makes this statement in verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. And unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. That means in 2023 as well as in the first century. When Christianity came out of that upper room and turned the world upside down. It's never supposed to stop. But why does it stop? Why does there seem to be the silence of God or the absence of God? Why is it that so many Christians would come along through the centuries and wonder and question, where is the power of God? Verse 20 is your answer verse 20 God is able you're not and 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 why are we not able because the power cannot work in us and the reason the power cannot work in us is because of verse 16 we have not received This communion with the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, we were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. And that happened to me 15 years ago or five months ago. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a communion with the Holy Spirit where he's strengthening my inner man. And my inner man is not strong. And because my inner man is not strong, I don't have the capacity for this power to work in my life. But God is able. God is able to go beyond Exceedingly beyond what I can think or ask, according to the power that works in us. But if the power is not working in me, then I can say all the prayers I want to pray. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But if the power is working in me, and I'm asking God because of that power, that's it. It's done. And and He's even going to go beyond that. And so I brought a prop. I went to the nursery. I said, is there a baby in here? They gave me this. It's what they trust me with. This is a baby. Okay. So you, 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 you understand this baby does nothing for itself. So I have to feed this baby. I have to hold this baby. I have to put this baby to sleep i would have to change this baby's diapers because this baby is incapable to do anything for itself it has the potential but right now it does not have the capacity this baby cannot take much this baby and imagine this being a real live baby this baby cannot take much this baby cannot do much but this baby has the potential To grow up and become a leader among men, maybe lead armies into victorious conflict, maybe kill some Goliaths. The potential that is in this baby is off the charts, just like with any human. And so when you see mom and dad holding their little baby, feeding their little baby, it's so precious. It's so wonderful. And if this were a real baby and I was a young man in my 20s and I'm holding my little baby, he would say, Oh, isn't Pastor Lee's little baby so precious? And look, he feeds his baby, he helps Carla with the baby. And then let's say I come back five years and this is now Hayden and he's five years old and I'm still holding him in my arm and I'm still feeding him with a bottle. It's not so precious. And you would say, there's something wrong with that baby. And there's something wrong with that family. That's not right. And this baby cannot speak to me. This baby does not understand my love, though this baby has my love. It does not understand my love. It has no concept of the world around it. All it can do is be nurtured and cared for. And this is what a lot of your inner men look like. And you've been saved for 20 years. You've been saved for 10 years. And you still look like this. And you go to church and God has to put you in his arms. And spoon feed you and bottle feed you. And... The principalities and powers of hell look at that and they laugh. And they say there's something wrong with that church. It shouldn't be like that. But we are. Because we have concentrated so much to educate this. And grow this. And practice godliness. Which is the practice and the education of our flesh. To fool you into thinking I'm holy. But I have not given attention to this man who lives inside of me that the Holy Spirit alone can strengthen and make Jesus real and overwhelm me with the love of God so that I grow and I'm no longer a baby inside that has no capacity to speak back to God or even understand God loving me. I just, I'm always, I live my whole Christian life. God, what are you doing? What are you doing to me? What is going on in life? I have no concept of my surroundings. I just know it's not necessarily pleasurable like this little baby would know. It's not necessarily pleasurable. But if you grow up, right? You grow up. My, my kids grew up. My sons and my daughters have grown up. They're able to receive my love and give love back to me. And we can talk about deep things. And they're aware of their surroundings. And they're aware of their environment. And together we are a strong force as a family. Because they've grown up with the ability to move together. And that's what God needs the spiritual life of his people to be. Forgive me, this is not real. Just in case anybody's watching on the video. It's just, a, it's just a play doll. So, Carly, if you would, you can come up. I, I, so I just, I lay this out for you. Let's not charge God with the fact, why aren't you working in the earth? Where's your power? Why don't we see miracles? You can see miracles today if you would believe him. Let the Holy Spirit come. Let him move on you. Let him direct your steps. Let him direct your life. Let him overwhelm you with the love of God and the reality of Christ inside of you. And I guarantee you that Jesus inside of you would begin to talk to you and say, this is what I want to do here today. There's some people here that I want to touch today. I want to do miracles in their life today. I am a supernatural God that does not like to sit on the sidelines But you're not letting me move. And so if we would just begin to open up our heart and our desire and say, God, enlarge my capacity, strengthen my inner man. I want to experience Jesus inside of me. I want to experience your love that my mind cannot even begin to comprehend. I I want to know the power of God that works in me. I want that power. You know what I'm talking about. And maybe some of you don't know what I'm talking about. And if you don't know, shame in that. Just begin to pray right now to God and say, Lord, I want to know what that's like. I didn't make this stuff up. You read it with me in your Bibles. And the reality is there. And the Bible says God is able. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above what you and I can think or ask. The problem is that the power is not able to work powerfully because our inner mans are like a little infant that cannot take the power because if that power worked, we would just blow up. We could not compose ourselves to cooperate with God. We wouldn't understand. We wouldn't know. Not that we would have intellectual understanding anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking you because I feel... I feel the urgency. And I believe that I'm I'm beginning because I prayed this. I prayed this since I was a preteen. I prayed Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 since I was a preteen. Day and night, I would open that up and pray it. God, I want to know this. I want to have this in my life. I want to commune with you. I want to know you. And I've seen the glory of God. But something in my spirit says I haven't even touched all that God wants to do. I want to see that and I want to know that I'm extending to you an opportunity for the next few minutes to really begin to cry out to God from your spirit to cry out to God and ask the Lord I need to be strengthened in my inner man And, and listen this is going to disrupt your life life as usual is over if you let this happen but praise God because some of you are sick of life as usual even as a Christian you're sick of your Christianity because it's shallow and weak. And if you allow this to happen, you're going to step into the greatest adventures of your life. Because God is the most remarkable individual, the most remarkable person you can ever be loved by. It's grace. You don't earn this, you're already qualified for it. All you have to do is open up your heart and ask God and believe and desire. And it's an ongoing thing. Give this to him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray, God, there's an urgency in this world because of your soon return that your church has got to be, it has to rise up and be strong. And your purpose God, the hope of your calling has got to be done in this earth. We can't make that happen. We can't just determine to be strong and to be mighty and to be Powerful. Lord we thank you and we rejoice That it's the work of your grace It's the work of the Holy Spirit And right now So many of us just really Humble ourselves before you And we say work in me I want to know The reality of Jesus In my life I want to be, I want to be overwhelmed with your love Your love for me Your love for others I want the power of God to be able to work in my life, God, so that you can do things and Jesus is glorified. To him be the glory. Jesus is glorified in this generation, in this culture that's so confused, so darkened by demonic forces. God, your church would rise up with such strength and power in the Holy Ghost.